Haha! <laughs> Alright guys, um, welcome to another episode of the podcast. From here on out, I just want to let you guys know, this podcast was filmed before this, but me and Pat have changed, kind of not, not fully changed the style of the podcast, but we're going to make some changes to it. So, what you can expect from here on out is uh, one episode every Tuesday, no matter what. I will be on the podcast, Pat will be on it as my co-host. We will either be talking about current events in skiing, uh, action sports industry, whatsoever, or we'll have a guest on. When I am doing the podcast by myself and I am hosting the podcast, um, especially with how busy I am, and also trying to find higher profile guests, like some people that would be uh, like, I, would, I don't know, let's go let's go big, let's shoot like an A-Hall or Henrik or somebody like that. Like obviously that's going to take a little bit of time, but we're aiming for guests like that on the podcast. So to get guests like that on the podcast, it's kind of hard to coordinate with everybody's schedule. So I can't do a guest episode of that high profile every week. So me and Pat are going to fill the rest of the week with episodes of us talking about skiing, talking about the industry, whatever else comes by. And then there'll be guest episodes here and there and we'll answer your questions and all that awesome stuff. I just wanted to be consistent every week with the podcast and then hopefully two to one to two guest episodes a month. So you guys can expect that and look forward to that. This episode is about X Games uh, Aspen, everything that went down. Obviously, I'm uploading it quite late, guys. Sorry about that. I wasn't sure if I was going to upload it because I was living in Whistler on a couch uh, for this month when X Games Aspen happened and I didn't have a really good podcast set up. I, uh, most of my stuff's not working. My mic wasn't working. So that's why you hear the audio a little off. Um, and the camera died like a little early near then, probably like 10, 15 minutes before the end of the actual podcast, maybe more like 20. So I'll fill in the blanks at the end. But, um, I, I figured I might as well upload it anyways, cause some of you guys are going to want to hear our thoughts on X Games Aspen, X Games Real Ski. I've already filmed, me and Pat have already filmed and, uh, we're editing that podcast right now. That'll be up I guess next Thursday, I might put it out earlier so you guys just have something to listen to. And uh, yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, I'll fill in the rest at the end that we missed. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So thank you guys for everybody who listens to the podcast up till now. Um, I promise you they're only going to get better and better and better. We have a podcast editor now, Hayden, Mr. Hayden. Uh, he's doing it for free and just helping us out. So you guys say thank you to him, okay? He's, he's the man. And with that being said, uh, let's get into it. All right, incoming Pat Bone. What's up, Dad? I was downstairs microwaving some soups. Okay, well, we are live on the podcast, so I'll I'll, I'll cut right. that part out. <laughs> well, dude, I wanted to get the nice natural flow of the combo that we usually have because we have we have some pretty good combos without that audio recording. So, <laughs> dude, check out the podcast app this week. I'm on Zach's bed, we have the computer there, and the camera's hidden in the closet. <laughs> so it's at like eye level, I can talk to it. It's the worst setup, but it's gonna work. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm munching licorice down my hole right now. So is that, is that what you had for dinner? Licorice, yeah. And Zach's been making uh, like Japanese dishes and curry and stuff. And bro, my chopstick abil- chopstick abilities have gone through the roof. I've tripled them, dude. I'm gonna be able to catch a fly uh, by the end of this trip. That's my goal. So that's how you, like, trim your pubes now with your shops. Actually, like, let me get that one out. It's red. <laughs> it's not red. <laughs> I don't have random ginger pubes hanging around. <laughs> oh, God. But that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And save the, save the Manscaped issue. Dude, the Manscaped stuff, I've been using it pretty good. Oh, so you can wish I get charged by a race or something. Anyway, this is not relevant for X Games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, guys, today on today's episode of the podcast, we're catching up with Big Patty Boy, the co-host. 
you guys love them and know them. I love them and know them. And, you know, we even spooned a couple times. So it's pretty, pretty good. Anyways. Also, I bought a huge bag of gummy bears, which was really good the other day. Anyways, yeah, no. So we, the plan for this podcast was to talk about X Games. X Games just happened. X Games Aspen. No, uh, no crowds, COVID. Um, do I have a question for you. I don't know if you know this, but are they doing X Games with, like, snowmobiles and uh, all that stuff anymore? Because I haven't seen it, like, any Winter X. I answered earlier. I'm not too sure, to be honest. You got the computer machine with you? I'm pull it up. Yeah, because I, me and we were trying to figure it out. Like, if anybody else is listening to this podcast and they know, like, please let us know. But yeah, I was really, I was really confused by that. Anyways, yeah, X Games went down Damn. this weekend. Winter X Games in Aspen in 2020 were attended by 111.5 thousand people. <laughs> oh God. That All was right. last year. No snow. Oh, here we go. Hang on. No more snowmobile? Yeah. Uh, snowmobile got evicted. What else was in Winter X Games? No fans, no snow bike either. They did those like dirt bikes with like the temporary sled kits on. Yeah, and they used to do snow cross and they used to do uh, freestyle snowmobile. And they used to do a bunch of sick events that aren't happening anymore in snow. Which is kind of a bummer, in my opinion. Sticking with only the skiing and snowboarding events. Yeah. Say such as snowmobile and snowbike content will not take place. That's super late. Oh, it's like only because of the pandemic? That kind of makes sense. Dude, the boys are listening to... uh, Canadian Motocross News Network. (laughs) Nice. uh, Zach has never watched Step Brothers, so he's in like the other room watching Step Brothers. Are you kidding me? I know, dude. I just met like three people in my class who haven't watched Step Brothers. We need to like hit these people. Dude, I just watched that. If you lick my ass. Classic. Classic, classic, classic. That's like the best line of the movie. You know what cures the shoulder? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's, it's, it's up there. There's a lot of good ones from that movie, man. It's a solid, solid flick. Anyways, yeah, let's get let's just let's stop talking about dirty things and Step Brothers, and let's dive into this because this is gonna be a quick pod for you listeners. Um, X Games this weekend happened, popped off. It was super sick. There's a bunch of different events. Judging could have been contested by some people and other people, but I thought overall they did a pretty good job. Um, snowboarding, on the most part, I watched Big Air, I watched Slow. Actually, I didn't watch Big Air. I watched some clips from Big Air, watched Slow, but missed Snowboard yeah, Half-Pipe. What Big Air did you watch? Uh, not Snowboard Big Air. Did you watch Snowboard Big Air? Um, yes, I did, actually. Yeah, and anyways, yeah, my sister competed in X Games this weekend in both Slopestyle and Big Air. She got second in uh, Big Air, third in Slopestyle, super proud of her. It was a gnarly weekend. Uh, Eileen Gu absolutely killed it. She went off. I actually slid into her DMs recently to ask if she could come on the podcast. She said maybe at the end of the year she's not too busy. So we're making money. End of the year. It is end end of the season. The season, okay. Ugh. Yeah. She says she's busy the next next month minimum. So you know, I, who you can imagine? From the start, we had women's snowboard slopestyle, which I did not watch. Uh, I did watch women's snowboard slopestyle. They that were the very first Jamie yes. Anderson they won again. Jamie Anderson won again. She did a really good job. Lori Bluin and a couple other girls. I don't follow snowboarding super closely, but what they were just. Gasser, I thought she was supposed to be doing. She was. Business. She was just doing too hard of a run. Like Jamie if she landed, she would have. Yeah, if she landed, she would have won for sure. She was linking two doubles. Lori Bluin was linking two doubles on a slope course for girls. That's pretty sick. Like to do back to back doubles on a slope course. That's. Uh, yeah, I hate to say it, but that's. 
above, quite above what the girls are doing in freestyle skiing on a slope star course. Yes. No, I was going to say about their pay grade. It's just a higher level of uh, trickery, maybe above their pay grade. Who knows? Anyways, a lot of the girls were having troubles with that quarter pipe. I saw one girl almost eat it to her dome. Uh, it looked like they were having speed issues, but like not super gnarly speed issues, just like not really getting the right line to carry enough speed. Anagastra absolutely snapped off and had a sick run. Or not yeah, Anagastra, uh, Jamie. Uh, we had, then we had women ski bigger. Women ski bigger. Jamie got second, then Mathilde got first, and Aline got third. Yeah. Aline really dropped the ball compared to her other X-Games performances on, X on the big air. Dude, she was so close to having a three-peat gold on her first X-Games goal. I, no, dude, if she got the right up 12 mute, if she got the right up 12 mute stomp, she would have won. I, I'm calling it. Yeah, but, but she's four point. No, I don't know, man. Matilda had, like, a lot more. Matilda got a 91, and Aline got a 73. That is a large difference. Switched up 14 is pretty hard to tell. Megan was a little Yeah, the, the, the difference is that you don't have to spin two different directions this year. So if yeah. she did have to spin two different directions, Aline definitely would have taken the cake with the... Uh, yeah. With the right dub twelve, um, with if she stomped the right dub twelve, she only ended up doing a right cork nine uh, Buick grab, which is pretty sick to be honest, because I haven't seen a girl do that grab before. Um, if she did stomp the right dub ten, she probably would have had second or twelve. Who probably would have had second, maybe not first. First, you might be right. Um, and then Megan came in and she did dub twelve textbook safety to the tranny, not to the tranny, but like very deep, and a nice switch ten mute, little inside information. Knew she wanted to do a switch fourteen mute. Didn't happen. She did get. She did get a little skirty twelve. I think she said uh, the, when I talked to her last. She said the speed was like really, just really slow on the. Like, yeah. She went huge on the twelve. She's also a little mini Meg, and she doesn't carry a lot of speed. She weighs like maybe even less, dude. <laughs> she's not a big. She's not a unit by any means. And then. Obviously, like you said, Matilda, dude, dropped the f switch 14. Switch up 10 blunt, which was sick, because a lot of the girls were just doing safeties. It wasn't, like, the yeah. most capped blunt ever, but, like, it was still One a blunt. Thing I noticed a lot of this year was safety grabs. Like, yeah. honestly. A lot. And, and then, like, Regal Andre Regali did mute grab. And almost, I, I'm trying to think. He might have been one trick that didn't have a mute grab. This is real run. <laughs> Switch every every left up, ten mute. Switch left up, Misty ten mute. Left up ten safety to a mute. Um, yeah, nice. yeah. Every tr every trick he did in his slope run, the three doubles he did in his slope run minus the last hip one was all mutes. And then the last yeah. hip one, I think, I think he, he did dub fourteen tail, but he kind of whiffed the grab. Um, dude, honestly, like the men's slope style. Was it was very. We're coming ahead of ourselves here, to be honest with you. I mean, if we're going. We're you want to go back? You want to stay? You want to stay back on the women's snowboard well, no, or no, ski? No. We're we're done with women's ski big air, but if we're doing schedule wise, we're still on Friday and next week. Oh, we're going sketch schedule wise. All right, I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're on men's snowboard knuckle hot where Dusty Hendrickson took the cake. To be honest, I don't really like watching that event. There's a lot of. My viewing preference does not include doing a Tokyo drift on the edge of a quarter pipe, dropping in and doing a 180. I, I mean, I know it's fun, but it's not great for viewers. I will agree with you strongly on the knucklehawk event for the snowboards. There was a couple we people. To take our there was yeah, there was a couple people in the snowboard knucklehawk. Like I know snowboard knucklehawk isn't as serious as event as a big air slope. But, like, there's a couple people that just literally were not even trying whatsoever and doing, like, straight airs and just, like, pissing off about being there. 
and it kind of takes like the uh, it kind of takes the takes the pizzazz away from having a next game's gold. I, I don't think a next game's gold in knucklehawk should. I don't even know if it should really count to be honest. Like, obviously, like some people are doing some gnarly stuff, but like, yeah, so a lot of people just half-assed it. Like a lot of people half-assed it, and I get it if you're there to have fun and stuff. But like, well, that's, it's a different event. Like, I feel like it would be really fun to be a rider in that contest, but, but, but it's like, not great for viewers in that sense. Well, it would be great for viewers if you did like, I, even if you want to have fun and just do funky, weird things, go for it. But doing like straight airs over the knuckle and like, like one eighty is like like a foot over the knuckle. Yeah, is it like zero spin to the bottom like Josie Wells? Yeah, yeah. But it, like, just like like not even trying in the. Knuckle lock is kind of like not really dope for the viewers, especially people that don't know the sport. There was one guy uh, who was it? It wasn't. Um, trying to f- think of who it was. He sent a, a straight air to the bottom, like to the tranny first hit. It was hilarious. <laughs> you just, that was so funny. He just came in with adequate, more than adequate speed, and just launched off the knuckle and landed just flat. Like it Dude, was the most absurd thing I've seen. The ever. very first guy from Snowboard Knuckle Lock just sends it straight to the bottom. Right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to gap the landing to flat because yeah. he doesn't want to see that. Exactly. Just straight to flat. Respect. Yeah. But other than that, it was good. I would say uh, ski, ski Knuckle Lock was even a little better in terms of like trick wise. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I saw Jasper switched up backflip. Marcus Cleveland was spinning like a top, which is cool. I always think a snowboard knuckle huck or ski knuckle huck is kind of like more of a buttery and like innovative stuff than like let's do a dub yeah. 12 off the knuckle, but like it is still pretty gnarly to see. Who won last year? The guy who like sat down and did like a backflip off his back. Did Zeb. he win it? I think so. I, I don't know. To be honest. No, no, no. Is that Powell? Is that Powell? Yeah, Zeb Powell won it. When I think of snowboard knuckle huck, I think of Marcus Cleveland where it does like a seven to nose press or tail yeah. press or whatever. That is in essence what I think of when I think of snowboard knuckle huck. I know there's like cool stylish tricks, but to be honest, that one was... Marcus Cleveland's are just so gnarly and he usually makes them look so good that it's just... I honestly in my think... Opinion, that's a win. I don't know. I honestly think that the knuckle was a little like hard to do big tricks off of this year because I saw a lot, yes. of, a lot of people that had big tricks in other knuckle huck events like Norway and last year's X Games that weren't able to pull them off or were only doing it like Kobe Stevenson was trying to do like 540 in a switch sev but like normally does switch cork sev and he was only able to do like switch up on axis sev yeah and stuff like that like, is like uh, uh, just a knuckle no jump just the most obnoxious knuckle I can build and see what happens <laughs> you can build it you can do a lot of stuff on a huge knuckle yeah, I would have to figure out what it is. Fabian Bosch did a pencil uh, court Hendrick court ten off the knuckle, which honestly was meh, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, at that point, I saw uh, there's one guy from Quebec, Dylan Deschamps, that did one earlier this year at the maximized knuckle, which was super sick. But uh, Fabian's was just missing a little bit, sty. Probably because he was front flipping off every single hit on the way into the knuckle lock, dude. He front flipped on the in, he front flipped on like the drop in where you take off, went up the quarter pipe. The shark fin on the one side of the slope. Did switch front flip in there. Comes back down, front flips, and then does another one. And he also did a double front flip too. Oh god. Yeah. Quinn Oldman did do a triple front flip in men's big air. We will we will talk about that right now. Let's move on to men's big air because men ski men's big air was probably the most gnar- probably the gnarliest event that I've. Not that's, the gnarliest. Not the gnarliest. Yeah. 
I don't know if it was the gnarliest Big Air event. It was one of the gnarliest Big Air events. I would not say it was the gnarliest Big Air event. To be honest, it disappointed me a little bit. It was there was a couple gnarly tricks, but it was it was still. I don't know why, but I was not impressed with men's Big Air this year. I was looking forward to because they took out spin right and left, so I was hoping there'd be some real gnarly stuff. And I mean, there's some big stuff. But Dude, I mean, I that's... feel like it was missing a lot of heavy hitters like Berg Rudd and Fabian Bush are like, oh. Yes, I'll do a triple cork 1980. Or, oh, let me just wind up a dub bio 1800. Or like, just, yeah. And I know a lot of people like want to keep it like more stylish in skiing, but also it is big air, and I do want to see gnarly tricks like that. I like creative tricks. I like stylish tricks, but like, also you gotta have a sprinkle of gnarliness. Burke Rudd didn't yeah. compete because he got COVID. Yes. Also, men's snowboard slope was ruined with COVID. Max Pero, Mark, <laughs> Mark McMorris. Mark McMorris. Like, we lost the whole Canadian men's slope team. And the, the first time since 2007 or 2009 that a men's U.S. citizen has won men's slope. And it was slope. Dusty Hendrickson, the guy that won Knucklelock. Dude, the funny thing about him. He's 17th. Dude, wild, he was man. competing at the Rev Tours I was at last year. He was at the Rev Tours yeah. for snowboard, like, when we were there competing last year. And he was competing in it. And, like, obviously, he was doing very good in them. But, dude, he just yeah. won X Games. Two events and X Games. Only two he entered. It's wild, man. Honestly. Super wild. What um, else did we miss here? Well, we had... We missed, we missed Men's Big Air. We didn't, we didn't t- touch on Men's Big Air enough. We yet. also didn't touch on Women's Ski Superpipe or Men's Superpipe. Yeah, we'll move on to those. Let's do Men's Big Air still. We're all, we're all on the topic. Men's Big Air. So, okay, obviously... Yeah. I mean, I've heard some rumors. I don't want to be the guy to break the news, but Henrik was pretty bummed on his scores and didn't compete oh, in slope style because of that. Breaking the news. There's a whole article where he talks about how butthurt he was that his dub bio sixteen scored better than his switch dub eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it, Which but like, dude, is that's a very, very valid point. I mean, a dub sixteen is not as hard as a switch dub eighteen, and it shouldn't score. It shouldn't score as it shouldn't score like higher, but like also, it's not why you should like ditch out of slope or like because yeah, there's so many there's so many like people that seven? <laughs> yeah there's like so many people that really 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 are like just wanted to watch him ski like I wanted yeah. to see what he could do on that course and I understand it's frustrating when judging doesn't go well but I mean it's a judge on, sport man. like this is it's this, a judge sport exactly like, yeah you have your you have your own opinion of what's sick and the judges have their own opinion too I understand style's a different thing but also when you do look, look at, at like the, the difficulty of the tricks like you, when you have to sit there at a judge's standpoint, he didn't do a triple cork twelve. He didn't do or a triple cork nineteen eighty. He didn't do hard enough tricks that are gonna win you an X Games Big Air because, like, yeah. even there's even people in Quebec like Ed, Edouard Terriot that I know is super sick. He did a switched up bio eighteen safety just like Henrik's earlier this year, and it was stomped and it was on a smaller jump, half the size. Nobody even knows who he is. There's kids doing like way gnarlier shit yeah. than switched up bio eighteens. And, like, I know that's, like, not where a lot of people want to see the sport going, but, like, yet when you really sit down as a judge and look at the, look at the, look at the difficulty, like, hate him or love him, Andre Brigetti did a triple cork 1900 with a perfect mute grab, which is... Yeah, fuck. I don't really care about that. It's I insane. I don't like Andre, to be honest with you. And the triple cork was sick, but, I mean, it's not the first triple cork 19 we've done. What really was impressive was that he did a triple cork 12. That was sick, yeah. That that was impressive. You know and what was, was funny? He did it right quick. He quit Wolverine right did his dub he nine pretzel, and then like, oh, Andre no, Gelly showed him up so hard. <laughs> it was kind uh, of a douchey move on his part. But that was, was impressive. Other than that, um, ABM switched up. 14 octograph to other octograph. That was, that was a highlight for me. That was a huge highlight. I was really pissed with Antoine Aldez's 
I don't think Antoine Adelie should have got second place. His triple sixteen mute got scored higher than a lot of things that it shouldn't have got scored higher than. And yeah. I can see why that can come into play when you're like he- somebody like Henrik, like it's a stock switch, triple cork 16, like a switch to bio 18 is a little different and unique, but his switch triple knows, I know why he gets scored well, but he's done it so often and so much. It's like, That's one thing it's time to, say. it's time to move on to something else. Like we get it. You can do this trick. It's cool. But like, That's you can't keep using really it. Say, yeah. If you looked, I think this is kind of what really disappointed me the most. And the only reason I think Andre Rigetti should have won is because I'm going to ring through here. There was eight athletes, all right? Quinn Wolferman, unfortunately, got last, which... Which I was mean, expected. I really liked watching him ride. So sick. Kind of bummed. So sick. But, but let's, let's ring through here. Andre Rigetti did new stuff, got first. Antoine Aldiz has been doing the same shit for four years. Alex Hall... With his switched up 14, 16, 18, whatever you want to do with his one grab, same shit. Seen it a he did. Times. He, wait, 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 wait. He did add the dub 16 nose. Yeah, the dub and, 16 nose. That's but, why I think he should have got third. But, but it also scored really well because it was something different that he hasn't done. It was a dub 16 nose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's exactly, that's worthy of third place in my opinion. Absolutely. That was one trick and then the rest was all the other stuff. ABM has been doing switched up 14s. In men's big air since about 2014. Yeah. The, the, the auto t- transfer was sick. I'll admit that. He did that, that last year. Uh, he did bow to auto. Last year, he, he did bow to auto or and maybe... Bow to auto instead of auto to other auto. But yeah, it's just a grab combo, but it's still sick. Yeah, it's still sick. I'm not... I, I don't want to be like come across like I'm dissing stuff. I'm just talking about like... Yeah, in terms of learning your It's supposed to be the pinnacle of the sport in terms of gnarliness. Progression. Gnarliness too. in the sport. So, like like I said, Andre did some new stuff. Antoine Aldiz has been doing the same shit with his pre-nose for a while, and all he did was a triple 14 or 16, which is now like a NORAM level trick. Like, it's not... For big air, it is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Alex Hall, yes. Tri- the dub cork 16 with the nose grab, probably one of the sickest tricks in big air. No, I not, no one's trick. ever seen that before. No. Uh, ABM, I love watching him ski. His style is on point. But in terms of progression of the sport, it's the same thing. Evan, switch dev 18. That's been going on since 2019, and his triple 16 isn't new. Penny, no. on his same stuff. I mean, I mean he did, he did his first switch dub bio 18, but like... That's huge. But it was with huge. a safety grab, and Evan did a switch dub cork 18 with a lead blunt. Like, yeah. That's, you know, and Evan got ahead of Henny by, like, one place, right? It makes sense. Woodsy, I mean, Woodsy's been doing the same tricks for four years. Woodsy I mean, didn't bring out anything new today. He did a triple 14, a dub 16, and a switch dub 14. His All dub, gnarly tricks. His dub 16 like left a lot. His dub 16 left a lot to be, uh, was lacking a lot, and his triple was lacking a lot in terms of boot grab, and a dub 16 mute, like, man, I rolled up to the hill in Whistler on, like, there's, like, Five kids that are like not even competing in norms yet, they can do dub 14s now and 16s. Like, it's like it's just not gonna, it's not gonna cut if you're gonna want to do like that's the thing. Like, what are you gonna do to set yourself apart from 12 year olds? Is the sport just basically you have a name for yourself, even though you're no better than a 15 year old who's riding a It is, and it is a lot. It it is, we have to take into fact that that X Games is a show (laughs) and it's not, it's not FIS, it's not you're not there for to be the bet, like. It is supposed to be the highest level, but it's also like who brings in the biggest draw, who's the most entertaining as well, is something that they personally take into uh, account, which is like, and it is good to see people like Woodsy and stuff competing again in, in the events, but they're just like, 
it, it's sad to say, but dude, that like it's hard to keep up nowadays. It's really hard. I, I'm not trying to come across like, oh, I could do better. Absolutely not. Like, I love watching Wood D ride. All these guys are much better. I'm just talking about strictly from someone who understands the sport and who has been there to the yeah. progression and watching how we've it's re, it's really hard to keep moving a sport along the way skiing has been progressing at this rate. Well, because people are just going to get hurt. It, exactly. It's so dangerous. And the yeah. rapid, like, for God's sake, Matthias Unicorns doing switch quads, nose butter dubbed 18s like nose butter triple corks like it's nothing wax stuff that is just really pushing the sport and he's what 16 17 17 probably now yeah 17 like and he's not an ex like you gotta x games is just what's happening is we're all seeing this stuff on social media where you're like oh that was so gnarly and it's sick and then you go to x games and it's like oh well this is the same thing that i saw two years ago yeah or this is or this is like or this is less than as everything else is moving. Yeah, like, or all the things at X Games are, like, not as gnarly as half the things I see in my X Game, or not half the things, I would yes. say, like, some of the things I scroll through in my feed just from, like, other skiers in other parts of the world. Like, yeah. there's a lot of young talent out there that's coming up, and I think it, maybe it's the passing of a torch on the new generation, but, like, yeah, it's, it is gnarly for sure. I guess we'll move on from that. I think this X Games, we got to keep in mind, too, with COVID, was just missing a lot of athletes. Like, Torn wasn't there in Slope. We were missing. Like, was Torn going to do Slope? Or Pipe, sorry. Pipe, Torn yeah. Did do pipe. Yeah, that's what I missed. I don't think he could, I don't think he could have competed in Pipe this year. I and Nico had it in the bag no matter what. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you want to move on to men's... Yeah, let's move on to Memphis. Nico deserved that one with the back-to-back dub 16. It was unreal. Dude, back to, a dub 16 in the pipe in a run alone is insane. A dub 16 in the pipe alone is insane. Uh, yeah. Back-to-back dub 16 in the pipe is, like, so gnarly, dude. Think about how think about what the guys are putting on the slope slope course. The biggest back-to-back trick was switch 14 to switch, switch 12. Switch twelve, right? right. Switch twelve. To be honest, Four, switch fourteen to switch twelve. Nico and the pipe did both ways sixteen back to back. Talk about jumps. The jump layout on slope this year was not really bad. brought down the level yeah. of progression, which is good. Two medium sized jumps and two two sharp And I I enjoyed that. Which I really did enjoy it. I'm not dissing it, but it, you know what he's doing? Like, oh, I'm gonna do a dub twelve to a switched up 14, to a switched triple 16, to a forward triple 16. Like, there was not, no, or switched up 16, whatever you, there was no, like... Which I think is kind of the, the reason why they made the course like that. Yeah. It's part of the reason they, they're like, we want, we need to, like, slow down the, uh, the progression a little bit, which yeah. is fine. But I think some of the, some of the, like, there just wasn't a lot of, uh, really burly things that I saw. Nothing that if really I stood out to me. Player, I would have done one jump, short thing, short thing, big jump. Like, That'd have been they sick. didn't have a one big booter, which is what everyone likes to watch. Is what do you need to do on the big air? Like I know there's big air and slope, but you had two really not really small, but smaller jumps. Yeah. Like a snowboarder can triple it. It's a lot harder to get a skier to triple a jump than a snowboarder can triple. Yeah, and uh, back to pipe. Uh, it was pretty sick. Like pipe was pretty yeah. gnarly. Uh, I like every time I watch Pipe. Every X Games comes around. I like I I watch it. and I'm like, holy shit! This is the gnarliest aspect of freestyle skiing. Yeah. I, and I, I never really like feel that way until I watch it and like really watch the X Games Pipe. And I'm like, holy hell, that's a gnarly. I kind of like the the podium or the the results this year. I had so no problem just, with it. If you look at it in the past, let's start at the bottom. Eighth place, Noah Bowman. Pretty bummed. I really like watching. He didn't land a run though. 
very unique style. He didn't really land a run. Yeah, six really. style. He didn't land a run. I don't think. Really like watching him. Alex Vieira got seventh. He was last year's gold medalist, I think. Yep. It's he not. landed a run, maybe. He did land a yeah. run. He was just famous, you know. Yeah, his pole, his pole, his pole swing. That's like man. Yeah, Gus Kimworthy sixth, David Wise fifth. So those are all those three from seventh to fifth are usually your podium guys, like yeah. heavy hitters. And then we move up, Brendan McKay got fourth. Brendan McKay, dude, I was really, really hyped for him. I was like hoping it for him to crack like the third place, but he just didn't have the, yeah. the tri- difficulty to do it. Yeah, and then you got Burke Irving. Yeah. Definitely, he's been, he's just younger in terms of... He's been out there for a while. He's been killing he it. He has, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, oh no, that's someone else. Anyway, uh, then Blanc, second. Yeah, I, I don't know if, he had a good run, but I don't know if it was second place. Yeah, it was he pretty good, but... Two, two dubs on the skier's left wall. He did dub 12 to dub... Or 14 to 12, whatever it was, but... Um, and then Nico, obviously, first place was well-served. With the six back-to-back systems, yeah, that got me really high. Four, like, Nico, Aaron, Burke, and Brennan are not usually your voting. No. Nice Nico, Nico's down. sometimes up there, but, like, yeah. He got third in the Olympics, 2016. Yeah. You know, yeah so. And then women's... Uh, women's uh, half pipe. That was the first time Cassie Sharp hasn't won in a long time, isn't it? And she actually, we, had, we were talking, we were talking about it. This was the first year in a while we've seen her add some new tricks to her pipe bag, while uh, with a court twelve, which was super gnarly and super sick, by the way. Uh, obviously, she did her court twelve, and then the rest of her one wasn't really up to par with, to with what would have. Cop to first place. Second run, I think she was probably... Her second, third run, I don't know. Was probably trying to up that. The rest of the tricks in the run after the 12. And she just got wrecked on the 12 and wasn't able to do it. Eileen Gu, like, literally landed every single pipe run that night perfectly. And... Dude, she had... She had good enough pipe tricks for sure to take first. She was clearly the better pipe skier out of all of them. Which is really incredible considering she hasn't been skiing pipe up until this year. I don't think. Like, not competing yet. The good foundation, you can cross it over. Yeah, for sure. was third, which is we got two Canadians. Zoe Adkin, to be honest, don't. I didn't watch the event, so. Yeah, Zoe Adkin didn't really bring anything super to the table. I haven't seen any of her really runs before. I mean, I know Devin Logan is, and Mm it was Drew and Britta, because they've just been in the game longer. Um, What what else do we have on the radar? Because we covered pretty much all of it now. We're missing. We're, we're missing women's ski slope style. Women's ski, ski slope style? Uh, yeah, we can cover that. All right, you beautiful specimens. So at this point, uh, obviously, the audio and camera died. Not my fault, but it is my fault. I don't know. I just need a better podcast set up. Uh, we were talking about women's X Games slope. Women's X Games slope, what we basically discussed was it was really sick. It was a good event. Um, I think only Eileen Gu really pushed the difficulty and was pushing the barrier. She had a really good run. Um, nines, switch misty nines, different accesses, different um, variations of grabs, good, really good rails. Um, some of the other girls, uh, just the, the, all the other girls just didn't, didn't even come close. It was like watching Amanda Nunes just beat every girl up in the UFC. They just, the, the, the level of difficulty of tricks just wasn't there for a lot of them. I know speed might've been an issue, but uh, there was a lot of 360s and 540s. And in my opinion, 
in X Games Aspen in 2021, especially for girls, um, it just it just doesn't cut it. You can't be doing threes and fives at this level. I know that it's harder with shark fins and stuff, but it's just it's at the level now where you need to you need to take it a step above that. And obviously, a lot of these girls have tricks to take a step above it. I think maybe a little more competition, a little more people like Eileen pushing that that barrier and making it to a point where you either step up or you fall behind is gonna is gonna increase the maybe the level of competition a little bit over the next couple of years. But we'll have to see. Uh, after that talked about men's slope style and this one i'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail on because me i know me and pat went into a lot of detail on this i can't remember everything but basically what we were saying is it, it was it was a gnarly event obviously the level of tricks weren't uh like insane there's no triples obviously well i guess yeah there was triples um it just wasn't like the gnarliest gnarliest slope course uh and slope runs that i've ever seen and that's because of the shark fins and that is um, something I like, actually. I, I think, like, because I was think like, thinking about it from now, like, 10 years, 5 years from now, if you don't add features like shark fins to kind of lower the amount of tricks and stuff, or the level of tricks you can do and stuff, people are going to be doing quads. Like, it, it's like, linking quads and slope runs. It's going to be insane. And that that when you're doing tricks like that, like, there's no room for error, and there's going to be people getting hurt everywhere. So I think it's a step in the right direction. It's very good to see. Um... Mr. Nick Epper won. He should have won, in my opinion, and Pat's opinion. We think he had the best run. He had a very... Nick Epper has a really like, clean style. Um, he doesn't really have a flavor. It's kind of like a comp style, but it's really clean, and his rail game was insane. Like The tricks on the rails were the hardest ones done. Maybe not the most creative, but again, comp point-wise, definitely the hardest rails. Uh, jumps, very clean, really good rails, all directions, all ways, um, doubling every feature um and doing it doing it very very well he should have won ferdy um i think ferdy got second i believe i have to like this is a this is a month ago guys um but ferdy's run i think was very 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 good his last hit on the shark fin the switch um on that dub bio 12 i believe on the shark fin was the best trick of that entire event in my opinion of slope style man slope style uh his rails were more creative than everybody else's and it was really good to see. I think he fell a tiny, tiny bit short of Nick Gapper, but not by much. Um, Evan McEachern had some really sick runs, and uh, obviously we didn't see um, we didn't see Henrik in there. And uh, well, Quinn Wolferman was in was in uh, was in slope style. He obviously I, I know he didn't get enough training on the course because he was an alternate, so he probably didn't get a lot of training at all. Um, he didn't have the de degree of difficulty to compete with these guys, but I think most of us knew that at this point. He's not really known for doing triple corks and stuff. He's more known for his style and filming. And don't get me wrong, the guy can put together an insane like comp run. Um, it just wasn't his day. And uh, Andre Regetli, this is the story I wanted to talk about. Uh, I personally think his run should have been uh, a lot higher than it was. He had a really, really sick run, in my opinion. Obviously, a lot of people like have their quarrels about Andre Gelli or whatever you want to say. I think his comp run was very, very well, uh, well done. He had really good rails, really technical rails, really technical jumps, uh, different axes on the jumps, and probably some of the heavier jumps. Uh, the only thing that I could have seen them getting docked on was that Dub 14 tail at the bottom. It looked like he might have whiffed the grab. But then I went back and watched it, and it looked like it was pretty clean. So I, I, I think he got like fifth or I think he got fifth with that run. I think I would have put him in either third or fourth with that run. But then again, this is why it's a judge sport, and this is why uh, 
you hate it or love it. You know, it's not, it's not like you have a choice to leave it up to the judges or anything like that. You, you really have to figure it out um, and just hope for the best. Like, I mean, it, it's a judge sport. Everybody else has different opinions. I have a different opinion than some judges. Uh, some judges have a different opinion than me. People have different opinions than me. It just is what it is with this. Um, anyways, with that being said, I just wanted to wrap this all up for you guys. Rewrap this up. Ugh, tired. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this episode of the podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, um, please stay tuned to the next episodes and stuff because I promise you they'll be getting better. This one, like I said, was on the road. So audio, camera quality, as you guys can see, if you watch the visual, I'm literally sitting on a bed. Um, it, it wasn't ideal, but we're getting it all dialed in very soon. And I'm really, really excited about bringing these podcasts to the next level and, you know, doing like taking it like everything we do, you know, we're taking it to the top. Yeah. I, I don't like being at the bottom. So we're going to be at top or being on bottom. Most guys don't like being on bottom, but you know, there are some of us as well. Anyways, with that being said, I love you guys. And, um, yeah, like, and subscribe to the podcast, leave a review if you liked it and we'll see you, uh, see you in the next episode, you little Rams.